Thank you so much for your Fun Fact Friday forfeit suggestions. It's some nice alliteration, isn't it? Kia ora. Mm. Our favourite, well, not favourite, but the one we've settled on, is that whoever loses Fun Fact Friday mm. has to eat the food they hate the most, which only ah. incentivises me to win this even more. Well, uh, so you would be eating a jar of olives? Well, I won't be, but yes, hypothetically, should could in this in this it's an unlikely scenario. Uh, that's right. And what would you be eating? Ah, uh, I hate a lot of things. You hate fish. Yeah, uh, it's probably fish. Look, it would be great. I would really like to not eat a fish. So um, we would like some competition for this. Um, if you have a, <laughs> it's up, it's more, up to you, mate. a more desirable uh, uh, forfeits to pay for losing Fun Fact Friday, in fact, it could be a reward for um, whatever reason. Please do let us know. Please get to today's show, though, eh? Kia ora, this is Newsball. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. There how so many of us get to work and get home and get almost anywhere, but with major cities banning e-scooters, should we be following suit here? If every time you hear the words OCR hike, you either fall asleep or wildly panic, stand by, we'll have a simple explanation of what this actually is and why you should care even if you don't have a mortgage. What's driven the resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons all the way back to the big screen? And why are so many restaurants these days making you pay a booking fee? We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Emil, we talked recently about people taking to the streets of Paris to protest, but now there's something being taken off the streets hey, of Paris. Hey, hey. <laughs> Do you like that? I came well up with that one myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about e-scooters. Yes. You know a bit about this one. That's so right. tell us... What's happened here? Yes, indeed, Imogen. As you have pointed out, the city of love has fallen out of love with rental e-scooters. So these are like your Lime scooters or your Beams. That's what we've got in New Zealand. Obviously, they have a different brand of the year. Um, there was, pretty much there was a referendum vote that took place recently on whether these should be banned. And the overwhelming majority of people who voted in that, 90% plus, voted in favour of a ban. I mean, there is a caveat there that of it was it was it was less than ten percent of eligible voters actually voted, so it was a pretty self-selecting kind of crew, um, as these things can tend to be. But uh, yes, they will no longer be allowed on the streets of Paris. Rental e-scooters. This is a funny story actually, because Paris has always been pretty ahead of the curve when it comes to um, like mass transport of this nature they have they had Valib bikes those are kind of like rental bikes that you can take out they they adopted those really early they were also one of the first cities to adopt uh, e-scooters so how did they fall out of love with them well basically people feel like they are doing more harm than good more or less there have been lots of injuries there have actually been a couple of deaths involving e-scooters lately as well and this kind of does make sense because Paris is an extremely densely populated city. There are a lot of people living in a very small area, and I 
I can't imagine it's very pleasant being a pedestrian in Paris with e-scooters flying around all over the place. According to Reuters, actually 24 people died in scooter-relating accidents in France. And uh, last year, three people actually died in Paris following e-scooter accidents too. So this isn't like a transport NIMBY situation. There, there are genuine genuine things that are being addressed here. E-scooters are everywhere, certainly here in Wellington. Do we have similar accident numbers here as well? In New Zealand? We do have accidents here. This is a polarising topic in New Zealand, of course. Uh, there's ACC data that shows that in 2022 there were just over 2,500 new e-scooter claims and they cost about $8.3 million. It's last year. But uh, you have to put that into context, right? And there were nearly 43,000 cycling claims made in 2022. They cost more than $110 million. So that is something to bear in mind. 8.3 million is a big number, but in context that, um, yes, it's important anyway. And uh, actually back to Paris as well, um, it's important to remember, particularly for someone like you, Imo, who e-scooters to work every day. Um, that this is only rental e-scooters, so personal e-scooters will not be banned from the city of love and light and, well, no longer e-scooters, it seems. Because, of course, I will be taking my personal e-scooter... To Paris. To Paris. Yeah. uh, Specifically to to hone it up the Champs-Élysées. It's actually... um, I have e-scooted in Paris before, and uh, it's not the greatest city to e-scooter in because there are lots of cobbled roads, and so it could be quite bumpy. So um, oh, I've got a helmet. Let us know, though. Do you think e-scooters should be banned? Flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz, or get in touch on the old Instagram at newsable.nz. If there was ever a series of letters that made everyone's eyes glaze over, it's O-C-R. Yes, the official cash rate is boring, but it's also important, and it's mainly boring really, because a lot of us don't actually understand how it affects us in everyday life. So it's time for The Pulse now with BNZ's chief economist, Mike Jones, and he is tasked with the Herculean task of explaining how it does affect us and getting us interested in it. Hello, Mike. Hello. The eyes glaze over segment. Here I am. <laughs> Mike, give it to us straight, first of all. What is the OCR and why does it matter to normal people? The OCR is the official cash rate, as you said, which uh, is actually the interest rate on banks' bank accounts, if, that, if your eyes haven't glazed over already. So banks have bank accounts with the Reserve Bank. Um, so an example would be, Emil, if, if you borrowed $100 off me to go and buy a Survivor box set and then you went to pay me back, your bank would pay my bank through the bank accounts it has with the Reserve Bank and the interest rate on all of that would be the OCR. So when the OCR changes, it changes the interest rate the banks are paying and then the banks go and change their interest rates which may affect the likes of you and I. We always hear about how the OCR then impacts homeowners, um, but how does the OCR affect people day-to-day who don't have a mortgage? Yeah, there's probably two ways. One is if you've got savings uh, in in the bank, in a savings kind of account, not a transactional account, you'll, you may or may not have noticed that you'll probably be getting you know, more or better returns on that saving through higher interest rates. The other is probably more indirectly. So, you know, quarter of a base or quarter of a percent moves in a far-flung 
interest rate uh, might seem relatively inconsequential to most people, but it does tend to have you know, some pretty big downstream effects on the economy through things like you know, wages and house prices, employment, unemployment, like we talked about last week, the exchange rate. Um, and so you know, part of the reason you've seen all this doom and gloom about the economy and talk about recession is because the Reserve Bank's basically trying to engineer some of that with a, with a higher interest rate. So look, there are um, it, there will be touch points on most people through through these actions with interest rates, um, either either directly or, or, or more likely indirectly. And sorry, the crystal ball gazing question, as always, what do you think we'll see from the Reserve Bank this week? Well, as I said, the Reserve Bank has been pretty aggressively raising interest rates because we've had this issue of, of high inflation and the cost of living crises. Uh, we think we'll see another quarter of a percentage point lift in the official cash rate. That would take it to, to 5%. I should add that's not a particularly brave forecast. Most people you, uh, you know, that look at these sorts of things expect uh, that same percentage increase. Um, but I think the, the perhaps the more important part of, of this week's statement is the Reserve Bank may just give a hint that it's getting close to the end in terms of the interest rate increases it's been putting through. We've now had 10 in a row. This will be the 11th. Uh, and most people are starting to think, you know, the Reserve Bank, we might be getting close to the close to the finish line, if you like. Although in this case, the issue is that the finish line can, can move a little bit. But nevertheless, uh, we, we only think two more uh, interest rate increases this cycle at this stage. So we'll see what the Reserve Bank says on Wednesday. And heart jokes on you, Mike. I already have all of the Survivor box sets, so... <laughs> I should have known. I should have guessed. <laughs> Mike Jones from thank you very much for your time this week. That was The Pulse. It's the fantasy game created nearly 50 years ago that's been going through a renaissance of sorts over the last few years. Yes, we are talking about Dungeons & Dragons, uh, which has been brought out of what you might describe as the shadows, thanks to the hit TV series Stranger Things, and now the big screen, the Dungeons & Dragons movie. This has got big names in it too. Uh, Chris Pine, Hugh Grant, Michelle Rodriguez. I think it had a $150 million budget. Yes, it's 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 very interesting and exciting, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. Uh, the title of said film is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. It came out over the weekend, and joining us now to chat about it is, uh, well, appointed as of this very moment, Newsable's very own resident Dungeons & Dragons expert, Matt Barnes. Kia ora, Matt. Kia ora. You've seen the movie already. Give us your hot takes. Give us give us your rating out of 10. Oh, rating out of 10, I'd say 8.5? Yeah, pretty pretty strong film, actually, to take on something that is very easy to screw up. Well, I mean, D- Dungeons & Dragons is, you know, it's a tabletop role-playing game. You know, the very idea of turning that into a movie seems in and of itself kind of kind of fraught you know like let's make a movie of monopoly i mean it's not like that but do you know what i mean by that yeah and and, i mean i'm unfortunately old enough to remember when they tried a cartoon version and they kind of had it where people got pulled into this fantasy world to try and bridge that sort of gap between the game and the world of the game but this movie just throws you straight in it does not hold back on all the gibberish you can just let that flow over you to be honest but it, it just it does not hold back at all in that regard it's not attempting to explain things to an audience. It just 
throws you in the deep end in the world. I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing that, you know, in a, for a long time throughout the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, maybe even the 2010s, um, Dungeons and Dragons, playing Dungeons and Dragons or being interested in it was maybe like considered like a nerdy or a sort of a, a, a geeky pursuit. And yet now, you know, with Stranger Things and even things like Ready, Ready Player One and it's this enormous blockbuster movie that hundreds of millions of dollars is being invested in. Have, added, have you observed attitudes towards these sorts of pursuits changing over time? time or kind of coming full full circle oh, totally totally like as a kid it was yeah you, it was the hobby that dare not speak its name like i was talking to a friend of mine after watching stranger things and he was like saying oh it's just like us you know on bmx's and playing bnd and i said yeah i don't remember any supernatural monsters and he said <laughs> yeah i don't remember any girls <laughs> but i think now i've seen it be embraced because it, it used to be very male oriented as well like the artwork, there's a lot of chainmail bikinis. And I think it's been embraced in more recent years, I think, by a more diverse audience. Like the queer community have picked up to a big extent because the whole idea of like playing another character is quite a theatrical thing to do. And the fact that you can be all sorts of different things and change what you are and all this kind of thing, I think has led to attracting an audience that maybe it didn't you know, 40 years ago. Matt Barnes, Newsable's newest and only Dungeons & Dragons Expert, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Cheers, guys. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Tell you what's worth talking about. Tell me. Emily Brooks' piece on stuff this morning. Emily Brooks never misses. Oh, never. Never, never, never. And once again with a banger. Restaurants taking booking fees when you book a table. Okay, should we lay out? Should we lay out the tensions here? Mm. Being able to book tables at a restaurant is a really good thing, obviously, because it means that you know that you can eat at a place at a certain time. However, sometimes people don't turn up to their bookings, and if you are a restaurant and like a table of ten doesn't turn up, and you're turning people away because you have a booking, you are losing out on money and there are no consequences for it. That's pretty much the tension, right? And because you knew you had a table of 10, right, you've obviously, you probably ordered in some extra things. You may have even got an extra staff member because a table of 10 is like, that's 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 that wait person's entire evening, you know. One very unwelcome modern development, in my view, is restaurants that just don't take bookings. Walk-ins only. Oh. Holy shit. That is the worst thing in the world. Um. You roll up and you're like, can I have a table? And they're like, oh, sorry, we've got too many people here. So um, you're going to have to wait for four days. It's like you want to buy some <laughs> Yeezy. It's like you have to camp outside the restaurant or Did something. Did I ever suggest you just stand outside? I've only ever been told. The longest period of time I've been told is like an hour and a half. Four days is a long time to queue outside. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm exaggerating slightly. <laughs> I'm like, Come on. you know. So th this is, I suppose, the compromise between those two things is um, you know, chucking an extra bit of cash on if you want to book a table. But it's not even an extra bit of cash sometimes. Sometimes you're paying like, I reserved a table the other day 
and paid uh, not paid a booking fee, but it's like the holding fee, like a deposit. Yeah, right. and it was like a hundred and fifty bucks per hit, and I was booking the table what? for four. Yeah, it is a lot of money. Steep to Jeez. hold over someone's head in case they cancel. Get in touch with your reckons on booking fees. Are they fair? Are they not fair at all? I mean, for one hundred and fifty bucks seems pretty steep to me, but I, I do think that they're reasonable. It was a lovely restaurant. Yeah, um, we'll check a poll on the old Instagram, and you can email. <laughs> Us too, if you like, we'll give you those details in just a second. Anyway, that's news of all for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show, and we don't charge booking fees. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, behind the scenes content, and all things newsable. And of course, vote on our polls. You can find us on Insta, TikTok, YouTube. Just search at NZ, or you can just hit us up directly if you've got something to say. Email us at newsable at stuff.co.nz. Have a banger of a day. Bye. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.